Alrighty. You're listening to the CNC replay. I'm Chris. I'm Noel. I am Corey. And oh boy, do we love Akil Badu. Holy cow. This whole week, honestly, sorry guys, but this whole week, like so far for sports, has been so up and down. Like the wings have been up and down, and then the Tigers, as of today, have been up and down. But there's so much excitement. And there's so much to talk about. I'm very excited about today. Welcome to Detroit sports. Honestly, it's just like you never know what you're gonna get. Like they could, they could look like they're the best team in in every sport, or they don't know how to play the sport that they are currently assigned to. So that's that's kind of that's kind of what we're dealing with. But um, yeah. Also, I'm very sad still because uh, what this? I don't think we've we we haven't recorded since uh, U of M lost to UCLA, have we? We haven't. How are you doing? That was that was I. It was the worst because like I was building the excitement all day because it was the late like nightcap, mm-hmm. and like you know I got I'm being that dumb stupid fan i got my shirt on walking around the store and you know getting stuff getting excited for the game and then i watched the first game and i'm like oh this is fun actually it wasn't because gonzaga won by like 110 made usc look like (laughs) just just i i don't want to say anything offensive because that would be bad but they they look like they didn't know how to play the game of basketball when they played gonzaga so um and then Michigan plays UCLA. It's like, oh, we finally got a break. Like, yes, UCLA pulled off some upsets, but it's like you'd rather play an 11 seed than a two. Um, and uh, then Michigan just decided not to make baskets in the final five minutes of the game or free throws. And uh, it was like I, I describe it as like someone like stabbed me and then turned the knife slowly, like slowly. And then as they were pulling it out, like, like pulled it slower than, <laughs> than they turned it. So it was just like, it was like, I knew what was going to happen. It's <laughs> a very intense graphic description for a lost basketball game. No, I, I think, <laughs> I think I was the most like I'm a grown man. I'm not going to cry over sports anymore. Unless like the Tigers somehow win the world series, then I will cry. Um, but for different reasons. Um, but like, I was, I was just like sad. Cause like, you know, it would have been really cool for Michigan to raise a banner and just given the state of Detroit sport, we love Detroit sports, but given the state of Detroit sports, it's like, there's not going to be another banner that's coming anytime soon. And nope. College football, I mean, Mich- don't that they're not even anywhere close to competing for anything in football right now until we're proven otherwise. Um, and college bath, you just never know. As as evident by this year's tournament, you just never know when you're going to get a chance to raise another banner. So I was, I was, I was sad. I was, I the next morning, I was just like, ugh. <laughs> like I didn't. Corey's screen name right now says sad Wolverine. So that yeah. tells you where he's at still, not just <laughs> no, the morning I, after still. I was, I was super, super bummed, but alas, the good news is the tigers opened up on a high note in a blizzard. So that was fun. What a wild game to watch. I was watching that in a coffee shop while I was working and it was bright and sunny outside in grand rapids. And then I'm watching this on my phone and Miggy is playing in a in a snow in a blizzard 
And I'm like, what? Yep. I'm 150 miles away. How is this this wild? How is it so vastly different? Well, I just think it's so cool. Like even it, it doesn't matter what time period, time period, like what time of like if we're in a pandemic or not or or you know, where you are in the state opening day is got like this different feel. And it's not like, I mean, like, cause every sport has their opening night or whatever, but like the start of baseball season just feels super, super different. I don't know. I, 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 you know, I don't know if that's just me because I'm a baseball fan, but I, I feel like everybody else that talks about it is like, Oh, opening day should be a national holiday. Like oh, I'm outside. Yeah. I think yeah. I think it's also because like especially for people in the Midwest and northern states, it's like your seasonal depression is still there until opening day happens and you're like, "Oh, spring. Summer is a mm-hmm. thing. I don't care if it's snowing right now. I'm outside and I'm watching baseball, which means the winter is no longer going to be here for that much longer." So yes. like maybe it's that cuz that's I think that's what it is for me. Yeah. No, I, I, great point. Cause it kind of, it almost feels like internally your clock just like switches and it's like, this is a, this is a new season. This is a new time. Let's fire up the grill, put some hot dogs out there and watch some baseball or at least, you know, listen to baseball while, you know, you're being distracted by other things like work and I don't know, bills or something. Cause like baseball, baseball is the one sport like you can turn on and like, like do other things. And like is. still you be like in, in the background the and not miss a thing. <laughs> right. So like, that's nice, but still like, I, I mean, just looking at and watching all these other games too, over the weekend, like, and especially being able to play baseball too, like, and just noticing some of the little things that the players do, obviously at a much, much higher level than I could ever comprehend. But it's like, like, Oh, that is so impressive. Like what that guy just did. Like Otani, like on Sunday through 101 miles. No, now, I think it was 101 miles per hour in the first inning and then hits hits a moonshot to center field. Like that stuff is, first off, a pitcher batting in the top two of the lineup hasn't happened since World War II, so that's really cool. And then also – Oh, wow. Yeah. Holy cow. So, like – Are you kidding? <laughs> no, I'm dead serious. It was all over Twitter. And, uh, and especially just to do it at the level that he was doing it, unfortunately he – got hurt, taken out, whatever, but Otani's made a glass. Um, but still like just seeing all this like little stuff and like the, you know, the new start of the year, like it's fun time. It's a fun mm-hmm. time. It so, is a good time. But to shift our conversation with the Tigers, um, I don't want to get my hopes up because obviously. Nope. To the moon, got, baby. No, let's uh, go. Chris. AL champs. I already, I already, you know, made myself look like a dummy having so much hope in the Red Wings and oh, now, yeah. look where, now look where we're at. But um, I'll, I'll be here holding the reality check. You just come get it when you want it. Oh, trust me. I was, I was telling, you know, friends, friends, family, my, my dad, mostly if everything, if everything goes right for the Tigers, like everything, if they have like a perfect season this year, they will get 80 wins. Perfect. That's it. That's in a perfect season. So, now I I really like their lineup, and when I say really like, I think it's pretty solid, at, or yeah. at least compared to Cleveland. I mean, we opened up a we opened up a, a series win at home, albeit, but against a team that we hadn't beaten twice in a row since 2018. Mm-hmm. So I don't care how bad Cleveland is this year. The fact that you could do That's that in your first weekend—that is a win. And getting and 
getting series wins is what's important in baseball. And that's what, mm-hmm. you know, propels you to the next level. Um, but just from the weekend takeaway, things I like, um, number one being AJ Hinch. I, I said it from the beginning. The one good thing that Alavila ever did was sign AJ Hinch. I that mean, was one of my questions for you. I have it in our outline that nobody looks at, but my question was about sorry. AJ Hinch. No, it's fine. Um, how he's managing pitchers um and just because i've seen like when i'm watching and i'm seeing that they're not doing as well or they get um they give a guy a really easy base run or whatever he lets them stay in and kind of fix their mistakes so i didn't know if you had any like comments on how he's managing the pitchers in that regard or if i'm way off base no i think i think you've got i think you're looking at it uh you know, pretty well there. I, I think more so with like the younger guys, like he's trying to let them mm. to, you know, work through those mistakes. I think uh, maybe uh scooball over the weekend on Sunday, the game that uh, the Tigers lost, uh, you know, he was, I think he ran into some trouble in his last inning. Um, and then, or what he, he pitched five and a third or five and two thirds. And then Norris came in in relief um, and finished up the inning for him. I believe in the inning before he kind of ran into some trouble and he was already had a somewhat high pitch count. Cause in the beginning of the season, you're not going to have your starters go um, typically 90 plus in those first few starts. You're going to, you know, try to give them build up some endurance. And I think Scooball was pretty close and him being a rookie quote unquote, cause he pitched last year. Um, um, he was already at 70. So if anything, you're going to have a little bit of a shorter leash, but why they're up here is so they can work through those mistakes. Um, so I think oddly enough, uh, Hinch has um, kind of kept the younger guys in there for a little bit longer while some of the older guys, he's just like, okay, I know what you're going to, what's going to happen when you run into some issues. Like I'm going to pull you from there. I think we saw that with Boyd, even though Boyd, I, Boyd start on opening day. I, I was, it, it was like a, I guess the best way to describe it is a, is a nice Sunday stroll, like a nice Sunday afternoon stroll. Like, it's like looking at the stat line, he had like four walks two strikeouts. it, like it in five and a third or something like that. Like it wasn't impressive by any means, but it was like, it, it got the job done. He kept, you know, hitters off balance. Um, no one really hit the ball very hard off of him. Again, it was 28 degrees, but still, I mean, on the opposite side, Shane Bieber's, you know, pitching lights out and you still got the better of him. So um, I think uh, I think with some of the veterans, with you know what you're going to get with them, um, I think you're going to see a little bit of a shorter leash, which maybe is not something you'd expect. Um, but with some of these younger guys, um, I think you're going to see him stretched a little stretched within like when there's trouble that you're going to see them out there a little bit more so they can learn from that, which again, this team isn't going to compete even though we're two and two right now, but I'm pretty sure the Red Wings were two and two um, when we were all gushy about it. Um, But I, I really do like AJ Hinch. His whole mentality is like, even he has said in interviews, um, you know, we don't know how many wins we're going to have, you know, we're not, I mean, it's not, it's not going to be a great team, but you know, are we going to have an opportunity to beat uh, the team across from us today? So they're taking it like a daily mentality. It's like, okay, if we didn't win today, can we win tomorrow? If you know, so like it's a step-by-step thing. It's like, we have an opportunity to win today. We can't worry about yesterday. We can't worry about, you know, the next day today first. And then we move on after that. And with a younger team 
and especially a, a team with no expectations, absolutely. That is a great mentality to have. And I think Hinch is the exact right guy to do that. Um, so I, I, I hope they keep him. I hope it's not one of those things where Hinch has a pit stop here for two, for two years. And then, you know, another more lucrative job opens up with, you know, a better roster. I hope he's here to build something for the long haul, but I think that would be my biggest concern if things go well continually, like if we see some more progress, um, I would like to lock Hinch up, you know, for, uh, for a longer term deal if possible and say what you want about the cheating thing on the grand scheme of things. You know, we give, we give second chances to people we probably shouldn't in sports and, you know, you don't want to mess with the integrity of the game I get, but like, at, at the end of the day, the worst thing that he did was cheat in a game. Say that to he Barry did. Bonds. Say I, that to McGuire. Say that to Sammy Sosa. But we, but we did give him a chance. There's, there's, there are huge Hall of Fame cases for Barry Bonds, for Mark McGuire, for Roger Clemens. Shouldn't and happen. I'm people, I'm, sorry. I, no, I'm, I'm a big believer that if you're if you're eating the uh, the trend bologna sandwiches and the and the steroids and you're uh, and you're crushing. 70 something home runs this season you don't deserve to be in the hall of fame it's not real hank aaron was the only natural person to do it and he obviously was honored and he should actually still be the home run king in my opinion i don't think if you're taking supplements or any type of performing drugs that you should allow to continue but then you got aj hinch who cheated but then here's my thing then you get people like pete rose who should be a a great example should be a hall of famer should be beyond hall of famer and he bet that his team was going to win. Didn't bet against his team. He didn't throw the game. He was so confident. He's like, hey, you know what? I'm going to bet on my team. And that is what people are demonizing him for. But yet we can be like, AJ Hinch is fine. I agree. It should be fine. Second chances for him. Bonds is, not, Bonds is okay. But yeah. Pete Rose is not okay. Like we need to draw That's- a line somewhere and be consistent. That's got to be the most wild thing about because baseball is so mm-hmm. stuck in its ways, it, mm-hmm. and it, it honestly is why you see such you know a drop from like the younger fan, you know, because a they're marketed poorly. I know I talked about that a little bit earlier on, um, you know, in in the show and not this show but the podcast, but and b they've got like these stupid like unwritten like rules sort of things that stems from in game and out of game. It is. It's a travesty to have two cornerstones of your sport not in the Hall of Fame for reasons outside of the game. Not outside for bonds, but like different reasons that, you know, it was like, oh, we can't put him in there because he did this. Oh, we can't put him in there because he did that. Pete Rose, his hit total. What did he do? <laughs> his, hit, his hit total was not affected by him betting. Bond's oh. home run total was affected by him taking steroids. But still, at the end of the day, you can't. You still have to make contact with the ball and hit the ball and do all these things. So, like that's that's where the argument is for. I don't really. Sure. I used I used to be I used to be like no, keep Bonds out of the Hall of Fame. He cheated. You know, he did all these things. There's a big, big support in the analytical baseball community that's like no, we should put Barry Bonds in the Hall of Fame. But the fact that Pete Rose isn't, and he is your all-time MLB hit king for not cheating. And for betting is dumb. And I think everybody outside who doesn't know anything about baseball would hear that and be like, that's stupid. So 
Yep. Yeah. I know yep. it's a little bit off topic from our Tigers, but no, still. I'm sorry. I'm 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 all about it. I can't no, stand I, it. No, I oh, think it fires me up more than most things. We have to, we have to talk about that because I mean, cheating is now something that the Tigers are unfortunately going to be connected to with AJ Hinch. But still, you know, again, where do you draw the line? Um, and I think you bring up a really good point, Chris. And uh, but I just I don't know. I. It's it's one of those things. If Hinch were on another team other than the Tigers, would we be saying, "Oh, he's a cheater. He shouldn't, he shouldn't, uh, you know, be managing again." I mean, prob. I mean, it's knowing me, prob- I probably would. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. It's prob. Everybody would probably say that until he's on your team. So then, what do you do? And so that's kind of like, unfortunately, your answer you're going to get. Um, but re- regardless. I hope he's I hope he's not cheating anymore. And I don't know how you would cheat with the Tigers, because yeah. yeah. That's beside the point. Number two thing I like, we are whoa. We are we are just all over the place. Say uh, it. Say it. Rain it back in. Akil Badu. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of home runs and hits. Oh man. I, I'm you just gotta feel good. Oh. You gotta feel so good for this kid because first, Tommy John surgery is detrimental to pitchers, but it's it is crazy weird for a position player. I, Corey Seager, he was a he was a shortstop for the Dodgers. He had Tommy John surgery. He missed an entire year, and it kind of took him a whole year to kind of get back into the swing of things. Akil Badu had the same thing, but that was early on in his career, which then he was left exposed to this Rule Five draft, and you're kind of. And again, I think Noel, this is, you know, something that you've touched on as a player as a commodity, right? And you, you're not really sure how you, how you feel about that. Ethically, I have some issues, but otherwise. Sure. No, no, but that's, I mean, but that's the point exactly. With your rule five guys, mm-hmm. you are getting plucked out of, of this pool of players basically for nothing. You're being forced to go someplace else, mm-hmm. albeit you're going to have to be on a MLB roster for some time and you kind of get a free pass to, to major league baseball, which is the perk, I guess. But still, if if you're so bad, and even though you're not ready for big league level play, you get sent back to that organization and get buried in minor league baseball. Um, so the fact that any player can kind of rise out from this Rule Five draft and you know have success is really rare. And we already saw this with Victor Reyes, who is you know on the Tigers roster as he should be. And I'm so thankful that we carried five outfielders because that would be an absolute travesty if we sent him down after he did everything that he needed to do. Um, So, but we have the chance to have two success stories with the rule five draft players. Now, small sample size, he's going off of a huge spring and then thankfully it's, it's, he's continuing it Mm. and opposite field power. Yeah. This is, this is cow. Yeah. Both of those home runs were opposite field, which is impressive on any stretch of the map. So <laughs> I would I would like to talk about Nomar Mazzara and yeah. that absolute tank missile nuclear bomb that he hit on Sunday. That was <clears throat> awesome. Now, Nomar Mazzara is an impressive MLB player, but most of his home runs, if not all of them, are going to be from that pull happy side, and they're going to be firework level display of home runs. Um, but he's a pull happy hitter to see this opposite field power from Akil Badu, a man who is 23 years old, by the way, thoroughly impressive, 
He's 22. He's, he's only 22? I thought he's 23. Well, even more article impressive. I just read said he's 22. Wow. Okay. So even more impressive to see him do that. And you could say, well, he's late on these pitches and pitchers are throwing hard and blah, blah, no. blah, blah, blah. Regardless, it doesn't matter. Okay. <laughs> okay. You do it. Yeah. I know how hard it is to hit a ball hard in the opposite field. It is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I am notoriously ridiculous. Okay, when I play softball, I bat usually fourth. I am a notoriously. Oh, I know, I know, I know. No, but here's my thing. I am notoriously a, a, a pull happy hitter. It, it's going far and it's going to left field every time. That's why I love being there. My problem is, do you know how people don't realize how hard it is to hit opposite field with power? Yeah, like it. It is not. It, it, it is not an easy thing to do to hit an opposite field home run. And like, here's my thing. And I, I will. This is going to be my Chris's hot take for the for the whole thing. Just wait. Just wait till he has a low hanging curveball, and he's going to just put his whole body into it and pull it right down the right field line. It's going to be absolutely nuts. It's going to knock the lights out of the Pepsi porch. I guarantee. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. He has so much power behind him. He has so Chris's much power behind him. Phrase, Chris's favorite phrase is, I guarantee it. And Guaranteed. often he doesn't guarantee it. He just Guaranteed. likes to say that. But Guaranteed. does this have the, the official green check of Chris guarantees on it? Wow. That's does a high it? praise. I said, do, I was asking a question. I wasn't saying it does. I think, I think Chris agrees. Okay. I think it has, I think it has the, has the check mark. All right. Um, also, Akil Badu is a physical specimen. I mean, he just he just looks absolutely yoked, and he's having fun out yeah. there. I mean, look at his <laughs> look at his 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 parents got to see him on uh, on Easter Sunday so too. Oh my goodness, they the are so precious. Video, the cutest video of oh them reacting goodness. to his home run. I want to meet him so bad. Oh, like that's so so cool, and especially on his first MLB pitch. Yeah, yeah, I don't like believe that's he the, mentioned that at the beginning of this. That was his first MLB pitch, his first pitch above what? Double A? Yeah. Home run. What? Opposite field home run. <laughs> Opposite field home run. So, and, and then also to put this into perspective, um, Akil Badu now leads the Tigers in home runs for the season and RBIs for the season. RBIs, you can say RBI, whatever. But uh, And he's played in two games. So that just gives you any indication on, on where the Tigers on, are at. <laughs> well, yes, that's more that's more on you know where the Tigers are at. But we're still two and two. Oh yeah, so that's cool. That's cool. We like that. Um, and then he but, got a grand slam like three hours ago, which didn't really matter, but still, it didn't. But you know, it made an arguably <laughs> awful game exciting for about four minutes. Yeah, yeah. I'm so like, I'm so excited for this kid. Like, truthfully, I don't see how after, like, I don't care if he has a five-game dud. I really don't. You hit a home run on your first pitch. You hit a grand slam in your second game. I'll keep you around for a long time. If I was AJ Hinch, I'd yeah, keep him there. Keep keep him on for a long time. Who cares if he has a, a little, like, like what what pisses me off is we see, like, I've seen this before. We see this before the Wings. We've seen this before in the Tigers in the past where, like, someone will do good and then they'll kind of whatever and then they'll be sent down. I hope we I and I have a feeling we'll see him the whole season and I hope we see him the whole season. I think if he continues, well, they, he's gonna be 
pretty highly sought after and talked about, which is make, make me really excited. They will have to, if they want to keep him for after the season, they will have to keep him on the roster for this entire season. If they don't, then they send him back. That's, Good. that's the, Good. I mean, that, yeah. Um, but, and again, I think we, we have to revisit this after the first month. Cause once you start getting tape on these guys, I mean, today's major league baseball, they will have film. They will have swing mechanics. They will have all sorts of information on you after the first week. So I, I absolutely love that. Akil Badu is crushing the ball. He's been crushing the ball since spring. So people haven't been able to figure him out since the spring. Um, but the Tigers have had these players in the past. Chris Shelton hit like yep. 15 home runs in the first two months of the season. Um, Brennan Bosch had a huge like first three months of the year. And then kind of, I mean, he was, he was a good player for the Tigers and, but he kind of fizzled out after, after that first month. Um, I'm sure there's more, more player, but those are the two prominent, um, prominent outfielders that uh, we're thinking about here. So, and, but the difference is Akil is 22 years old and most major league rookies don't get to the bigs until 25. So, and Victor Reyes was also very young. He wasn't at that 25 or 24 year old threshold. So it was like, they were, they were playing way out of their pay grade. So, you know, there's going to be games where Akil Badu, I'm telling you is going to look, like a 22 year old in way over his head. It happened with Victor Reyes. Now they're different players. I understand. Um, so let's be patient with that. Let's keep them. And then maybe you'll have a success story again, like Victor Reyes. What would be awesome is that the Tigers just built a championship team solely on rule five players. That would be hilarious, but that would That'd also take so much time. But like, like, Every year, their Rule 5 player is just a part of, like, they adds to the roster. It's not like, oh, this player was a Rule 5 for this team, and then he can't. No, I'm talking about solely we pick them from other teams and then build a World Series roster. All right. So, yeah, those are the two things I like. Um, I mentioned Nomar Mazzara. I think if he's going to get yeah. he's going to get a lot of playing time, uh, and he, I don't think he's going to have as bad of a season as he did last year in Chicago. Uh, also, Robbie Grossman has, like, a thousand walks in four games. They said, I think, yeah, he's got eight. Um, Holy cow. They said, Holy uh, cow. Before the start of today's game, he had eight walks and zero strikeouts. I think he struck out today to start the game, but I think so. <laughs> that's stupid. That is stupid. Like on base, no, on base. <laughs> I, that's what you want. That is exactly yeah. what you want from your leadoff hitter. Yeah. That is ex- get on base. Have the other guys hit you in? Willie Castro has been a, a surprise, not a surprise, but he's been he's been solid, kind of picking up yeah. from where he was last year. Um, so, and walk down I, the lineup like it's like it's we it's, don't have a bad team. Like we don't have yeah, a bad team. That's the it's not bad. It's no. not bad. Now, are they going to be good? Probably not. That's not a <laughs> probably not. Probably not. But I think and. Uh, Dan Dickerson and a price on the radio today. We're talking about how, I mean, unfortunately tigers kind of rolled over today against the twins, but um, how last year and the year prior that the tigers would just kind of not be competitive or just and with some teams and they would just roll over for others. I don't think you're going to see that you're going to have games like this today. It's a long 162 game season. Everybody's going to have those games. Um, 
but you have a little bit more talent than you did the year before. Um, and you're starting to see some of these young guys come up and play. They're not, I, I, I see the Tigers still losing a lot of games, but, but losing these games by one run, two runs, you know, and then pulling out some exciting victories along the way. Um, so take that as you will. I will say dark horse playoff team for this year, the Kansas city Royals. Just take a look at it. They got my boy Whit Merrifield. I absolutely love Whit Merrifield. He's he's like he's like Mike Trout Jr. He's a great defensive player. He gets on base all the time. Maybe he does not have the powers as Mike Trout. So please do not crucify me, my baseball friends. Um, but I absolutely adore Whit Merrifield. I think he's an awesome, awesome all around player. Uh, they had a sneaky trade for Andrew Benatendi from the Red Sox. He's in their outfield. Jorge Soler is probably one of the best pure power hitters in the game as their DH. Carlos Santana is another guy who gets on base, walks a ton. And they have Hunter Dozier in the outfield. Alberto Mondesi, or Aldoberto Mondesi, um, he's hurt right now, but he is an up-and-coming speedster. He's going to be great on the base paths. And they also have some pretty good young pitching. Uh, Brady Singer was the pitcher taken after Casey Mize in his draft and has had more success at the major league level than Casey Mize has. So watch out for the Royals because I think as we saw this weekend, Cleveland is not as good as they were last year. Um, The twins will probably win the division and the white Sox are up and coming. But um, I think with an AL, I think with the AL East that the way that it is, they're going to beat up on each other. They're going to beat the heck up on each other. So, I if the Royals can get a little bit more consistent pitching, they I would I love their lineup from top to bottom. Salvador Perez still there. He's only thirty years old. I feel like he's been with the team for a thousand years. But from top to bottom, I think the Royals have a lineup that can compete with anybody. And it's just can their pitching hold up? So watch out for the Royals. Uh, wow, we talked a lot about baseball, but we're all excited because <laughs> baseball. Well, hey, anybody would, like to add anything? No, uh, no, I'm feeling fine. The only thing that scares me is that similar to what happened with the Wings this year, we had you, you have John, we had John Merrill, we got Stetcher, and we're all excited, we're super pumped, and then the Wings became the Wings, and then this year with the with the Tigers, it's like we got Mazzara, we got Rays, we are Reyes. I apologize. No, Ramos. I apologize. Can't wait. We're gonna and then it's like I'm just nervous for what happens a month from now because I know knowing us, we always do the same thing over and over again. But you know what? I'm hopeful this time. As I am every the time. But I actually am disappointed. The key to not being disappointed is to have no expectations. And no That's hope. Sad. Yeah. It is sad. I don't want to do that. Just have milder expectations. Milder that expectations. Way. All right. Happier that's a happier thought. One World Series, not two. Right. Yeah. Kay. Easy. There we go. Wild, wild card birth to the World Series. <laughs> Who says no? Oh, how about how about them Pistons guys? Let's 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 throw these. Let's throw these. We don't have much. There's not much to talk about the Pistons and the Lions this week. So I figured let's throw them in and then let's let's get to yeah. the Wings because I'm sure we're gonna have another long, long what, segment did, about that. Didn't the Pistons lost to like fifty? Yeah, they so they lost three in a row. Mm, nope, hold on. Uh, no, they they one loss, one loss was they went back and forth. 
they, I thought they had three losses. They don't. They have two wins and two losses in the last four games uh, since we last recorded. Um, and they lost by 34 points to the Knicks last night. Very good. Uh, two Very nights good. ago. Um, yeah, so that game was not fun. I was watching it uh, over Easter weekend. Um, and they were 14-0 until about seven minutes in. Which which was super fun to watch. Sure. They just could not sink a three to save their lives. Like, it, all of the money that they had would not have got bought them a three. I think the biggest story probably out of this this past week is that Killian Hayes is finally back. Yeah. Um, after Good his for him. Hip surgery, which I know was super exciting. Um, him being the only rookie, I think, that hasn't had the opportunity to play yet this season. Um, and by all accounts, he looked, he looked good. He played 20 minutes. Um, he didn't play a lot of time on the ball. Um, which, you know, I know there were some people that were disappointed in that. I was kind of disappointed in that. I wanted to see a little bit more of what, um, he could do in playmaking, but, uh, he did show flashes of, of what pre-injury him looked like and, um, his passing, uh, for that game looked pretty solid it seemed um he had an awesome far up court pass to uh Badala, mm, Diallo wow sorry Diallo um that got a really awesome dunk that I think gave him a little bit more energy that you know kept them going and building even though they still lost but uh so that was exciting to see that his his uh his form and his skills haven't deteriorated as much as could they could have as much as um maybe some people were expecting after this injury, after a pretty major surgery. So I don't know. I'm excited. I, you know, obviously we need a bigger sample size for what he's actually going to do this season, but I think by all accounts right now, he's looking okay. No, I, that's, that's really good. Um, I think uh, to his basketball IQ is pretty yeah. good. I mean, just, just to yeah. have that vision to like, you know, have a long stress pass down or st- stress stretch pass down the court. Um, that takes a player who can can see everything, uh, and from a point guard, I think you want that. I think that, I yes. mean that's kind of that's the that's kind of what you're looking thing. for. Um, so I, I just the unfortunate thing in in the NBA, I, and I, I always note about the or note this uh, with the NFL, um, you get such a short window of of error for these guys. I think even more in the NBA than the NFL. Cause like I, I'll take an example, uh, Josh Rosen, a uh, couple of years ago drafted in the, I think he was, he was either top 10 or just outside the top 10 to the Cardinals. And he basically got a season to show what he could do. And then he was traded to Miami. He didn't do anything there. And, but like, like that's like two seasons in and he's basically a bust after that. I mean, he didn't really even get a fair shake. So you know, I, I feel like there was some, I mean, out, outside of Pistons Twitter, which again, Pistons Twitter is still electric, if, if you're wondering. Um, outside of, of Pistons Twitter, you're kind of getting this feels like, oh, well, yeah. our first round draft pick, like he's not playing, he got hurt, he's probably a bust. No, I mean, kid's 19 years old. Out of, out of any of the leagues other than the NHL, um, you're getting the youngest crop of players into professional basketball out of the four majors. I mean, what, what were you doing at 19 years old that you were, 
you know, elite or, you know, fully developed at nothing, not even not school, uh, like at school uh, for real. So like we, we don't expect 19 year olds to like go and live life on their own, let alone, you know, play in the, in the NBA. Um, so I think you're going to need some time from him to, you know, get his offensive side of the ball coming through. Um, but, uh, having basketball IQ is, is part of the battle as well. And, um, you know, just the, that he can see things and again, maybe, you know, what they were getting trounced, but right. still, I mean, so that's also one defense. of the things that you can't teach is that IQ and that vision. Other things you can you can work on, you can train, um, and you can focus on, but you can't, you know, you can't teach the ability to see passing lanes or to see um, layup lanes and that kind of stuff. Like you can't teach that, and so for him to be in his first game and already picking those out and already recognizing those is a good thing. Is awesome. Um, yeah, first game since inc- injury. Yeah, first game since, and that's encouraging. So, yeah. Need more time, need more, probably a little bit more development, but I'm looking forward to see what he can do. I mean, he's only played eight NBA games. So like, like right. I know we we can't, we can't, we can't write him off just yet. Um, I'm looking at, so the Pistons are playing, I'm tuning in right now. They're playing the thunder as we record live. Um, It's the uh, Diallo and Svi Mikhailik revenge game. And currently a Svi, is he's a starter. Uh, he's got 11 points and Diallo's coming off the bench. He only has four. Um, so Thunder fans are probably saying we won the trade. And actually I don't think a single Thunder fan is saying that, but um, <laughs> wait, what's the score? Uh, we're currently winning uh, by 11 points. So oh, no. take like that. Decent it's on the road too in Oklahoma city. So that's pretty cool. Um, Jeremy Grant doing Jeremy Grant things. Love him. Um, Saban Lee got a start today too. He's on the board with a couple buckets. Isaiah Stewart um, is starting in place of of uh, Plumlee because uh, he's hurt as well. Um, so he's looking, you know, at least points wise, looking pretty good. Uh, eight points. Um, just looking here. He's got f- uh, four blocks. So my man, we love we love the fundamentals of the game. Just kidding. I don't really think that's fundamental. That you just have to be a freak athlete to, you know, get some, get some, uh, get blocks. But Isaiah Stewart's becoming a fan favorite. Pistons Twitter. Oh yeah. Him. Oh he's yeah. He's inter- like he's interacting with. Uh, I know there was a guy he did like. He's doing a, a ton of, uh, just like photo content, like just drawings and stuff of like Pistons players, and so he's Isaiah Stewart's been interacting with this guy. So I've mm-hmm. I've been seeing that all over Twitter. So that's pretty cool. Um, so. Again, the Pistons are another team that needs time, and I think we would have to look towards the draft. And since I've watched countless hours of college basketball, we have to scout a little bit for what's ahead. Um, Cade Cunningham from Oklahoma State looks like to be the number one pick in the draft. I don't think the Pistons are going to get the number one pick because Detroit can't have nice things. Um, But uh, there's another guy who just hit a – ginormous basketball shot. Yes, I said basketball shot. Don't kill me. I love basketball, but whatever. I'm just using words freely. Um, That Gonzaga-UCLA Final Four game the other night was probably one of the best basketball games I've seen ever. 
in recent memory. That's probably that's got to be a top five a recency bias, whatever. The, no, that was back and forth. Johnny Juzang uh, was putting UCLA on his back again, and then you got you know your support role players. Uh, Tiger Campbell was making big shots, and so was Jaime Jaquez. They just got fun names on UCLA, and it <laughs> makes me so mad that I'm not going to talk about it. But um, Jalen Suggs was. Uh, a fr- true freshman for Gonzaga this year. And uh, there was, cause the NBA is doing this thing where top uh, high school recruits can go to the G league and get $500,000 a year. Um, and then I guess get drafted after that, which is pretty good. <laughs> yeah, a lot so, of money he, to give an 18 year old. Right? No, I exactly. Um, so, but Jalen Suggs chose not to do that, and he went to Gonzaga. And last night, he hit the biggest shot of his life. Um, Johnny Juzang tied the game in overtime. Uh, he got his own rebound, hit a layup, tied the game at ninety, and then left Gonzaga with three point something seconds left on the clock without any timeouts. And they just did a quick inbound, and Jalen Suggs literally pulled up from basically half court and banked in a three to take Gonzaga to the and keep intact their perfect season, by the way, um, and uh, send them to the, the national championship game. But point I'm trying to make. Um, Who's winning tonight? Gonzaga's going to win, I think. I think they're, they're just the team of destiny right now. Um, but the point I'm trying to make is a lot of people are saying Jalen Suggs is raising his draft stock. Um, and some people are saying that if the Pistons pick third, that they will take Suggs um, issue it not issue. That's a good problem to have, but Killian Hayes is our point guard of the future right now, I guess. But what do you do? Do you take another point guard? Do you take someone like a uh, Cade Cunningham who can play point, but he's, you know, more of a shooter. Um, and he, I mean, Cade Cunningham did everything for Oklahoma state. So except you can't put him at the five. Um, so what do you do if you're at three? I think I think Suggs would be an interesting option having running two point guards, but I think you have kind of talent. Sure, yeah. you, you know, you just you take the best player at at whatever pick you land at and find a way to slot them in because you're not like if you miss out on a great player to take a chance on a positional need, mm-hmm. you're going to feel like you lose that draft. Sure, you know. No, that's great insight. And uh, I think that he is a talent as well. He's a, he's a player that can get you a bucket when you need it. Um, and also, you know, isn't afraid to take a big shot at the end of the game. Um, no. And just watching Gonzaga play basketball, like they got this, they got this center drew Timmy. He looks like he shouldn't be any good at bat. He looks like he should be doing my taxes. Um, but <laughs> uh, which I think, I think I saw something today that he's from Muskegon, which is pretty cool. Um, but uh, they, I mean, they've got, you know, great guys in the wing, Corey Kispert can jack up a three, but when the team is struggling, Jalen Suggs takes over, he drives down the lane, gets a layup, hits a big shot, does whatever. And from especially an NBA point guard, that is exactly what you need. So, um, and I think he's a tremendous talent. He's, I assuming since they've been this far in the tournament, he's just going to go pro, especially since how wonky and crazy everything is with COVID and the NCAA. Um, why wouldn't you go after a season like this? Um, but yeah, I w- I would love for the Pistons to take Jalen Suggs. I think, uh, I think if, if Gonzaga wins uh, the tournament, I think he gets 
turn of an MVP um, as well. Um, yeah. But that'd be pretty cool. And then it might be kind of interesting to see what the Pistons do with two point guards. That'd be kind of fun. There's a lot on the or running. I mean, you you have two point guards, but on the court at the same time. But one runs the point. Obviously, whatever. Um, might be kind of cool. You play a little bit smaller, but I don't know. It'd be interesting. I'd love to see it. I think it'd work. Uh, cool, Chris. You got anything to add? I out of the things that I know, with which is sometimes far and few between. Right now with the Pistons. We're in, we're in full blown. We're almost in April in Detroit, and that means we got a we got a draft. We got a draft coming up. April. Yeah, that's what I said. Um, April April in Detroit. Um, we got a draft coming up for the Lions. Where we just <laughs> we just started. We just started. We just started baseball. We're wrapping up hockey. I'm sorry, guys. On the totem bowl for things that I care about at the moment, the Pistons. I know we have a Detroit sports podcast. I totally know, but it's the Pistons. I'm sorry. I like. Don't I'm, disrespect the Pistons. Not, they're, right? of, they're out of the four teams that we have. They're one of the more exciting ones. They're yeah. probably the best run. No, scratch nah. Because sorry, Steve. Sorry, Steve. I didn't mean it. Behind Steve Eiserman, they're the best <laughs> run. Sports franchise in the city of Detroit. I would agree. I would agree. As it but stands right now. When there's a Tigers game on and there's a Red Wings game on, sadly, the Pistons don't get as much attention as they should. But oh, they will. Sure. But they will. But Chris, you know what, what I do am you think about the for? Pistons? <laughs> Let me tell you about the Lions. I wish we so... <laughs> That's what Chris thinks. He just won't no. say it. I'm not sure, guys. I'm gonna be honest with you. It's okay. We'll carry the bandwagon for the Pistons for you. Please do. Please, for the love of God, do. I can talk a lot about what's happening with the draft, though. If we want to talk about the the Lions, Lions. the Lions. I'm excited. Mister, before we get into that, I just need to comment. I bought a jersey, the first jersey I've ever bought. I only had jerseys bought for myself. I'm currently wearing the Matt Stafford uh, Honolulu Blue home jersey. That uh, Corey was super excited for me to get uh, because this man's obsessed, and since then has not set, stopped sending me deals on jerseys, which is fun. But you've opened up this Pandora's box for yourself. I have, Corey. I will. Corey. I, will I will. I will give you my gifts of jersey finding, and and you can't just you can't just push that. To but the I top. buy one, and I've started. I've started the avalanche. Okay, I have to give a shout out to Corey. Really quick, a little little star moment for our boy Corey. I a little known fact about Corey. If you need to find any type of jersey anywhere, could be any obscure player from some minor league team over in Timbuktu, he will find you the exact color, the exact size, ever, ever like the exact year, the exact patches. I and within like, the price range that you're within looking. the price range, like he is literally like the miracle worker of jersey findings. I literally over the weekend I wanted a Tigers jersey because I don't own a Tigers jersey, and I'm also a ginormous human being. God made me a little too long sometimes, so I I was like, I need I I have no idea how I'm going to find a jersey. So I texted Corey, Hey, dude, five minutes. I had three findings of like fantastic deals. I ended up picking one up. So if you need a jersey. 
go to your, we should we need to have a segment on just Corey's jerseys. I don't know why I haven't. Done I was that. I was saying to uh, Chris and I's mutual friend Ryan that we'd have a, a jersey exclusive podcast where hi Ryan where just waxes poetic about jerseys because. Are you comfortable sharing the amount of jerseys that you own, or is that a no? Not, not to the public. Not to the public. <laughs> That's not going to be a public knowledge. Thing. Once, once, once we reach milestones, then we'll, then we'll. <laughs> the next milestone, we'll share. That'll be then our we'll when you when you finally get that milestone. That's when we'll have our jersey specific podcast. Okay, I'm, I'm just jerseys are so cool. Like <laughs> as a as a most people, it's probably going to be a Kiel Badu jersey. Uh, but like, like just just what's better than like on a Christmas morning, like opening up a present and you get a brand spanking new like hockey jersey. Like it's already cold outside. You just pop that bad boy on. You're looking good. And it's like it's got that new like fabric smell. Oh, man, it's the coolest. Nothing the best better. thing in the world. Nothing better. It's a passion oh, of his. Boy. I love it. All righty. And Chris, onto the draft. Go ahead. These Lions. Okay. So Sam Darnold just got picked up for, frankly, for picking up a starting quarterback, pennies on the dollar. They gave up a six-round pick this year, the Panthers did, and then a second and I believe in a third, which, I mean, that's a good part. Fourth, but, but. Oh, second and fourth. But, I mean, still, it's it's a starting quarterback, and you get, you get a six-round pick in the draft. You just drafted him in. That's just how it goes to show what Sam Darnold can do. Also, not to mention the, the Lions picked him off on his on his first NFL play for a pick six, whatever. Who who, who remembers that? Anyways, anyways, they proceeded to beat us forty two to ten. We picked them off. We totally, we totally. It was awesome. Go <laughs> anyways, I don't know. I I. The best part about the I know I'm sorry. The best I lost like all of my gas. The best part about the Lions' position is they can literally do whatever they want and they're going to be fine. So it's arguably the most excited I've been for a Lions draft that we had in a while. For the past like, especially last season, everyone knew everyone and their mother knew they were taking Jeff Okuda. So like, boo. yeah, boo is right. I look. I look at all the mic, mic drafts during the day. I don't know. Like no one knows who the Lions are going to be taking. Like I see Jamar Chase. You see Waddle. You see Micah Parsons. I've seen someone say that we're going to take Justin Fields. I will jump into Woodward if we take Justin Fields. I'm not a Justin Fields fan. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's something we could talk about later. If we want to talk about later, I don't like Justin Fields. But and they even said. I, I believe. I forget. I don't know if it was Brad Holmes. Someone came out and said, we're going to draft the best player available at our position. Like we're not, we don't, we don't like, and there's no short of it. That's the best part about having a quarterback rich draft and being like seven is there's going to be four quarterbacks taken back to back to back to back. And then we're technically a top three pick for everything other than that. So like anything positional, we're going to get a top, we're going to get a number one top talent in the position that we want. I like that. Yeah, exactly. How could you not like that? So, Whatever, whoever's there at that time, we're going to take. And if I had to bet right now, I think we're going to take Jalen Waddell. But open for debate, open for discussion. Who's to say? I disagree. I don't know. Strongly. Um, I, I've i seen mock drafts are crazy. I think Kuiper, Kuiper or McShay came out with like their 4.0. I saw one of them put Mac Jones as high as third yeah. overall. 
What? Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. He was projected to be as low as 15, but then I guess he's been creeping up in the drafts, whatever. So, but this, this now, this trade today, which impacts the Lions greatly because we all knew that the Lions could trade out of three if they wanted to last year. And then they came up with the sorry excuses that, oh, no one wanted to trade with us. Bull crap. No one wanted to trade with you. You just didn't know how to make a deal. Now, everybody around you has made a deal to move into the spot that you wanted to, to go to. So that's telling me either that there actually isn't a trade offer for that pick or the lions are sitting there. It's like, okay, we know we're going to mm-hmm. take this guy because he's going to be available there. Um, so the lions had been linked to Carolina, uh, to trade with since the beginning. I think just about all of the early mock drafts had the Lions trading with Carolina um, and Carolina taking a quarterback or whatever. Um, So the Jets trade today, they're going to take Zach Wilson after Trevor Lawrence is taken by the Jaguars. Um, Who has the third pick right now? San Francisco. San Francisco has the, so they're going to take a quarterback probably, which I think Jimmy Grott. Trey Lance. That's at, what I take. At I would three? take him at three. I would take him over Mac Jones, and I'd take him over Justin Fields. At That's my three. Two at three. Yep. I That's feel stretch, like I feel at, like at three. I feel like Mac Jones and Jimmy Garoppolo are basically the same player. Like they're both not very mobile. Like they're pocket passers and and whatnot. So like I want to give Jimmy G another. Ch- I mean, he took the Giants or not the Giants. Good lord, the the 49ers to the Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean. Uh, Jared Goff took the Rams to the Super Bowl, but like, still, like, like when Garoppolo got there and his first five starts with San Francisco, they went five and oh. Yeah. So crazy. Um, so I think he need, he deserves another shake because he's been battling with injuries. Um, I, I, I think the Lions are gonna take a quarterback. I think I've been seeing a lot of things, uh, that the Falcons are, are might give it one more go. Uh, with Matt Ryan, I, I've seen Kyle Pitts as high as four to the Falcons, um, mm-hmm. and then that kind of goes away. That what Miami has the fifth, so they're going to take one of the Alabama receivers. Um, who has the sixth? Um, I don't know. The, after um, that, the sixth is the Bengals. The no, Bengals Dolphins. Are gonna, is it, is no, the Bengals or the Dolphins? No, the Miami's the the Miami Dolphins are the fifth pick. I'm That's right. Sure. Then it's Bengals. The Bengals, then the Bengals are the sixth. Wait a and second. They're gonna, We're double checking. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, because Miami traded to the fifth. E- no, they're sixth. Okay. Bengals are fifth. Okay. Okay. I, mean, okay. I know that, and you guys didn't. Wow. I'm. <laughs> okay. To be, to be fair, we just. We, yeah. To be fair, we just swapped. I mean, we got the teams. We just got the, the yeah misplaced them. So we were close enough. Um, Bengals are going to draft uh, Penny Sewell to protect Joe Burrow yep. because you. Because Joe Burrow deserved to be protected at all costs. Yes, um, sir. And then Miami's going to draft one of the Alabama receivers, and then the Lions. <sighs> I agree with you fully. Fields, about the Fields. It's gonna, like it's, him. it's gonna be Fields or Lance. Yeah, I think. I'd rather either have one of those two. I'd rather have Trey Lance. I know that might be a hot take. Okay, I agree with you fully about the Falcons. I think that like Matt Ryan still has a few years left on his contract, if I'm not mistaken. And he's not doing bad. Like he's not doing bad. I would still, I'd still keep him in. I'd wait another year if I was, if I was in the Falcons position. But 
if someone drops to like I honestly like I think Trey Lance could drop to us, no problem. Because I think people are like more looking at Justin Fields and Mac Jones per se. But I, I mean, I'm not a big fan of, of not a big fan of Justin Fields. I wouldn't hate like I, I I want a more mobile quarterback. So like that's why I'm leaning more like less against Mac Jones. But I mean, you could you could take you could take you could do like. I don't know. Who would you take? If you're going to take a quarterback right now in the draft, obviously not besides Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson, who would you take? I don't Fields, know. Jones, Lance. I honestly, I don't, I don't really want the lions to take a quarterback. <laughs> I, I yeah. like, it's just, I mean, I don't think Goff is the answer by any means, but no. I, there's a big case for Justin Fields and, you know, Brandon Bush, if he's listening, he roped me, he roped me into some like Buckeyes, like Twitter beef. Like he just called me out on Twitter. Like it was just out of the blue. Like it, it like, wasn't even like we posted like our podcast and like did this word mark. Ah, oh, Corey thinks Justin Fields sucks. It was just like Brandon Bush tags me in something. And he's like, ah, oh, Justin Fields can't r- get through his first read or whatever. And that's just him throwing like an 80 yard bomb or whatever. And I'm just like, everybody's saying this like tons of NFL people. I'm just simply reiterating the information. Um, yeah. Now, now our boy, Dan Orlovsky, who is apparently the quarterback whisperer, which I don't know how that happened because he was a bad NFL quarterback. But again, he's saying he's hey, you teach. So. Sure. He is advocating hard for Justin Fields. Um, and people are questioning his toughness. It's like, well, he basically broke his back in a ga- the game against Clemson and then came in and threw a touchdown pass. So I don't know what to do with Justin Fields. I think Trey Lance, Trey Lance is a, is a much beefier Justin Fields, but Trey Lance also plays against division two talent base, not division yeah. two, but like division one, a talent. Um, so if, if it were, if just, I don't, I, you know, I don't even want to make the assessment anymore. I'm sure I'm what's going to happen is if Justin Fields gets drafted by a team that isn't the lions, he's going to be a superstar. And if he gets drafted by the lions, he's not going to be a superstar. Yeah. That's just how it works. <clears throat> so I, I honestly think now the lions are going to take a quarterback. I, they need some help especially at the linebacker position. We that's weekly reminder that the lions don't have any linebackers, <laughs> um, but they're going to take a, a quarterback, I think, because the way it's, the way it's falling out now, um, it seems like a quarterback's going to fall to them, especially with the Panthers not trading with the lions yeah. um, and getting Sam Darnold, I guess maybe for a cheaper price. So they're like, well, maybe we could do this, but they also have Teddy Bridgewater who had a pretty solid year last year as well. I don't know what the Panthers are doing. So, but Lions are drafting a quarterback now, I think. I would I I'm 75% confident that they're drafting a quarterback. I'm gonna say something super controversial that, that I just want to throw out there for fun because it's related to Detroit. Did you guys know who um because you know when the draft comes out, they always do resemblance, like who their player resemblance would be in the league, like because they take their their height, their weight, their speed, and then their composition. They literally say, Oh, this is their they most relate to this player. Kyle Pitts, his NFL relation was Calvin Johnson. I'm just throwing that out there. That's all I'm saying. I'm no, I'm, I'm doing with that information with you, Will. He's not going to follow us. No. That's why, honestly, if I had to bet, that's who I think the Falcons are going to take. 
I think so too. So yeah. All right. Fun time. Our love, our lovelies in the in the beloved red and white sweaters. The Detroit Red Wings, which I would like to start lighthearted. Um, the Red Wings beat Tampa Bay five to one on Easter. It was an Easter miracle. Suck it. Jesus is risen, and apparently so are the Red Wings. <laughs> so is our so is our fourth line scoring. Yeah, yeah really. what the Darren Helm, Valtteri Filippola, Valtteri Filippola for the first time and Lord knows how long. Uh, Michael Rasmussen, Mark Stahl, Mark Mark Stahl, Stahl. Oh, <laughs> That was the weakest goal too. I'm sorry, he just but it's just pushing his stacks up. It's just pushing yeah. his stacks up. So maybe we don't lose him for nothing at the end of the season. Elite, elite sharpshooter, well, Mark Stahl. <laughs> <laughs> and Adam Ernie. Just offensive wizard Dude. Adam Ernie. I don't I don't Dude. understand where he's coming from. We're, we are now seeing what Eiserman is seeing at like Adam Ernie is gonna be here next year. We need to get yeah. that. Oh, we yeah. need to, with with all of the veterans leaving, the, Adam Ernie will be resigned. I would I would anticipate for some sort of, I, I would I would bet right now at least a two year deal. Eiserman loves him. He grabbed him from Tampa. He traded. I think he traded a mid round pick to get him here. And yeah, I think so. I think it was. Yeah, I think it was a fourth. Mm, Something like yeah, that. I think so. No, I think it was a fourth too. Um, in in a rebuild, you don't trade picks in a rebuild unless you want a player that bad. And Adam Ernie was that guy. It took a couple seasons to get here, but Adam Ernie on the power play is a completely different player than Adam Ernie on the fourth line, which doesn't make any sense. No. But uh, do I have to get an Adam Ernie jersey? Maybe I don't know. <laughs> um, but he's he's played really well, and then. Um, you know, we have a lot of guys that are now starting to play really well as the trade deadline is heating up. Um, I envision Mark Stahl being gone. I envision uh, Patrick Sharp on the NBC broadcast on Sunday was saying that Patrick Nemeth could be a valuable trade piece as a defenseman. Okay. Awesome. I don't like, I, I think. Uh, <laughs> what do you mean valuable? <laughs> Yikes. Tell me, tell me how you really feel, Chris. Um, but. Uh, <laughs> I think when you don't hear a defenseman's name, uh, or at least a defensive defenseman's name, very often that's a good thing. Um, like during a game, I, I mean to say. Um, so that must mean he's doing his job. So I think I think he'll get dealt. I don't know what we're gonna do with Glenn Denning. It's it's one of those things. Is is the value we're gonna get back greater than the value that? He currently, because it's a, we, you're not trading Glenn Denning for goal scoring. You're not trading him for uh, assists. You're trading him for being a, a nat, and, yeah, and a great faceoff man. So what is that worth to other teams? Nobody knows. I was talking, I was looking over the, do you guys remember the Barclay Goudreau trade? Um, no. A couple of years ago. So he was traded to Tampa. He was like a fourth liner on, uh, on San Jose, he was traded with another player for a first round pick and a third round pick. So I was, I was shocked because it was like, I don't Barclay Goudreau is a first is worth a first round pick. And, but then seeing the package, it made sense. So I don't want to 
compare those two directly because I think Goudreau had a little bit more of an upside to him. But if you if you package Glenn Denning with something else and get a first and a third, I, I mean, that could be astronomically out of the picture. Like, oh, you're never going to get that much for it. But I don't – is a third-round pick – is the third round pick enough? I mean, I don't know. I don't. Uh, that's so. it's so hard to judge. You, I, it, and I don't know what to do. Yeah, like I'm, I'm pulling my bias out of it. But I think if a third round pick was enough, it would have happened already. Sure. You know, because I feel like people that's autom- like fourth and third round picks. I feel like are what people are automatically offering up for Luke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that's just where at baseline people believe he is. And if that's what Iserman's asking for, I think it would have happened already. Like, I think he would have been gone already. Mm-hmm. But he's still here. He is still here. So, I don't, I, don't know. I don't know how much longer he'll be here, but he's still here. I know. I'm just waiting for the day to be sad. That's gonna be that's gonna be a tough day. Uh, yes, uh, Chris in the in the hey. in the back of the class. Hi. Hey, hey, my name's Chris. I'm watch. I'm looking at NHL mock drafts, and guys, this is something I maybe, I maybe just wasn't thinking about and didn't realize. Why does it say that the Kraken's drafting third? Because they automatically oh yeah, because they, they they automatically draft third. Because they're a new team. Because they're a new team. Oh, oh boy. Because it's, it's the I didn't, I didn't realize that. It's the same. So we can fall to seventh this season, where we're currently <sighs> at. <sighs> Uh, just lock us in at seven. Do we just know it's going to happen? Right, because we're not going to win the lottery, and then we're going to play better than everybody expected, and thus defeat our our odds of getting any high of you know getting any higher. Uh, yeah. Holy cow! Well, okay. So for this coming up season, we it's pretty much like a make room almost. Like we 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 have so many people that we could bring up. Like at this point, we just got to make room for them. Like I, I mean. I think it's safe to say we'll see Chalowski, and I think it's safe to say we'll see Cider, and I think maybe Lindstrom, right? I don't think maybe, we'll see him. Yes or no? I think he's I know we have... up and down because of because of injuries. I don't think he'll be a regular. Because like that was the two in the discussion that I heard was him and uh, Wallander potentially. I don't know exactly where he's at in his like development, but mm. I mean. It's 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 going to be nice to see Stahl go away. It's going to be nice to see some of the defensemen that we truly love dearly with all our hearts and have nothing to say terrible about ever. But and we still have a draft. And if we get a high draft pick, I mean, maybe we can hear me out. We draft Luke Hughes. We get another defenseman. But there's a lot like at this point. It's I don't know who like who to get. Like I, I think Glenn Denning is gone. Sadly, I and I hate saying that. I think. Gosh, I don't know. It's tough to say, but like, I, I, I'm curious as to how many people Steve is going to bring up, like next season. I have a feeling it's going to be more than like I expect. Is I guess is yeah, what I'm trying to get. It's at. gonna, it's gonna be a lot. I think you're, yeah, you're gonna have your mainstays, Larkin, Pertuzzi. Yeah. Which if Pertuzzi comes, maybe he <clears throat> doesn't come back if from Pertuzzi's this alive. scary injury. Yeah, we don't know. Maybe he's being held hostage and yeah, whatever. Uh, but no, I'll being ser- completely serious, Pertuzzi, Mantha, Larkin, um, Ernie's coming back, take it to the bank. Uh, Zadina, uh, Fabri, Rasmussen, Bergeron. Mesnikov is on a two-year deal. Um, um, 
Bergeron? Bergeron. No, I'm sorry. Not Bergeron. Bergeron? Thank you. Bergeron. I don't don't know if he'd be called up. I think he might yeah. be an AHL. Son. I might think he might make it to the AHL next season, but I don't know. Valeno, Valeno would be a guy that I would think would get the start, at the and then Smith would fill in. I would think, and this is I think all. Fetch or Smith could both fill in for Glenny if he's gone. Yeah. Or just his spot, because then somebody else will center. Yes. Yeah. So we don't really know what's going to happen with that, but uh, it's just it's so you can't really make any plans until we get past the expansion draft. And so once we get past that, then we can begin to dream a little bit. I think they won't sign every free agent this side of the Mississippi because Bobby Ryan is still here. I think he'll get traded at some point um, just because, I mean, he'll, he'll provide some sort of offensive firepower for a bottom six uh, on a playoff team. Um, He's also one of those ones that we're not going to be mad if he does resign. Like the Mark Stalls and other people will be mad if they resign, but a Bobby Ryan, we're like, yeah, we'll keep him for another year or two. Like, why not? Yeah. And he's adored in Detroit, so that's yeah, that's another, that's another. Piece. We I know we're going over a little bit, but we- things that people don't understand, <laughs> life, uh, the universe, taxes, and taxes, and the Evgeny Shvetchnikov situation. Mm-hmm. For those what? of you who are unaware, he was put on waivers two nights ago. Um which if you don't know what waivers are, it's basically 24 hours that they're on this list and any team can pick up their contract and just take it. Uh, He cleared waivers, so he did not get picked up in those 24 hours. The reason that we do this, um, or the reason that GMs often do this is to control cap, is to um, maintain the taxi squad, um, which is the in-between the AHL and the um, NHL right now that we have for COVID procedures and COVID precautions. Um, and so Evgeny was sent down from the taxi squad, which he was kind of chilling in, um, and where he kind of has been going up and down between there and the NHL for cap reasons and for other paper legal reasons. And then he got put on waivers to control that situation more and cleared. And everybody's question is how, (laughs) why, expose him to that why expose him to being taken off when he could definitely garner things in a trade um or when he's you know one of the people who's you know not playing phenomenally like he's not a superstar but he's been playing well for what he's supposed to do uh and so people are just kind of questioning that the theory that i've seen i don't know if you guys have any comments before i go on but the theory that I've seen is that there's some know, like gentleman's agreement among the GMs where it's all like, hey, we know that cap situation is really tough for everybody right now. We understand that you have to make some moves in order to make sure and maintain your team um, in the monetary way that you have to you have to do so. And so there's like, I don't know if there's like an under under understood rule that if past a certain date or whatever you don't pick up guys off waivers because if we looked at the history of of the waivers in this last season or this these last couple months not a lot of people have gotten picked up mm-hmm. you know not a lot of people have been taken and there have been better players than of Evgeny Svechnikov on waivers so that's a theory I don't know how much water it holds 
I subscribe to it a little bit. Your thoughts? I don't think it's very outlandish. Um, the only guy that I can think of that actually got picked up that was notable was Jimmy Vesey. Um, started with Toronto and then he got picked up uh, via Vancouver um, and was playing. And like he wasn't playing poorly in Toronto. Um, I think he had like a two goal game one of the nights and then like a week later he was cut. Um, so I think that makes a lot of sense. There could be some water to it because I, I don't see, I, I just don't know. Like, cause when Shvechnikov played, I'm not saying he's a superstar. I'm not saying he's a great player. I'm a fan and I, Again, like I'm not like, oh, Shvechnikov is the future, but it's like, why aren't we giving this kid a shot? It seems like when he comes in here, he's at least like kind of giving a jolt of energy to that bottom pairing of, you know, on your offense. If I'm seeing that, there's no way that other teams aren't seeing that. So, <laughs> I mean, and, but there hasn't been a whole lot of roster shakeup via the, via the, um, uh, the waiver wire. Cause I think Florida, uh, put Antron, Anton Strawman. Uh, he's older, um, but they put him on waivers. And I feel like with as many teams that need defensive help, would it be like, oh, why wouldn't we just pick up this veteran for probably the veterans minimum? But it's like, no, we're not going to do that because you know the NHL is in this weird spot or whatever. So I haven't seen that theory, but it makes a lot of sense. It's one of those um, things where it's if that is the reason, great, fine, whatever, do that and maintain your cap. If that's not the reason we riot because why are you doing that? Why? Like, if that's not the reason, if that's not what Iserman was thinking, I lose a little faith in him because why would you take a risk on losing a 25 year old third liner? Don't look at me like that. He's a stud. We always trust the absolute. He's an absolute stud. We question. No blind faith for Iserman. No, that's it. No, the only one. No, it blows my. Well, what blows my mind is how he didn't get picked up. Like he's a Svechnikov. Like he is brother of Andre. Like it, was, I, it would make sense for no, the Hurricanes. Why wouldn't you? Wouldn't take it. They yeah, would. Exactly. I mean, that was one of the things. Is like, why didn't the Hurricanes pick him up? They have seven million in cap space, which Evgeny is well below that in terms of contract. Reunite the brothers. Brother. Throw him yeah. on the fourth line. But who knows? I, that's why I wonder if there's more wa- if there's more water to that theory, or if there's I don't know. I don't have any coherent thoughts past that. That's what's upsetting to me the most is not not only that, and I think that your theory makes sense, Noel, because first of all, why even put him on the waivers? And second off, who in their right mind is not picking him up? Who's not picking mm-hmm. him up? I don't know. I would. Yeah. I would too. Mm-hmm. I would. Um, but yeah, no, I think crazy. I just, it's it's an enigma. It's a mystery of the season. Hopefully, we'll get an answer to that. Uh, <laughs> closing would, yeah, thought. Um, I saw a tweet. <laughs> it was, man, Eisenman's such a tryhard. He had to stop the streak that he helped create, referring to the uh, Tampa Bay. Uh, losing or the Red Wings losing streak in Tampa Bay. Do you do you want to know how long it's been since we've won in regulation against Tampa? Twenty eleven. Yeah, since in Tampa, Nick Lidstrom Holy was on the team. Cow. Nick Lidstrom and Brian Rafalski were on the team the last yeah. time we won in regulation. Oh. I cannot. Oh lord, that's bad. That's like. <laughs> 
That's so Detroit bad. Tigers. Pretty awful. Against Cleveland Indians levels of bad. It's not good. You know the Tigers lost 18 straight games to the Cleveland Indians? Uh-huh. But nobody beats. Nobody, nobody beats, beats the Detroit the Tigers. Tigers 19 times in a row, ever. There you go. That's right. All right, boys, any final thoughts? <sighs> I'm excited. Trade deadline you for NHL next week. Couldn't oh, feel boy. more excited based on this entire podcast. Roster no, shakeup is happening. It's about to go down. The calm before the storm. Mm-hmm. We're going to find out what happens with the Tigers. We're going to find out big time what happens with the Wings. And we're going to find out what happens with the Lions, where we're headed. Yeah. It's, don't think- forget the Pistons. As a we're Chris. also we are also going to find things out about the Pistons. <laughs> Mostly well, Chris because he doesn't know. Hear about it later. <laughs> uh, as a sneak peek, I think we're probably going to try and do a Lions draft centric podcast before mm-hmm. um, before the 29th, um, just so we can give you guys a little bit of an update of what that situation looks like, and hopefully we'll have decent takes. Probably not but it'll be fun to listen to. <laughs> Talk us up, Noel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Any, anything else? Now's nope, the time. I'm Speak good. now or forever hold your peace. Peace. Well done. Alrighty, then. That's peace, guys. Thank you guys so, so much, as always, and uh, we will see you guys soon. Bye. Bye. Adios. What's up, guys? Thank you so, so, so much for listening. This is Chris. I greatly appreciate you all for getting this far and for putting in the work every week to listen to our wonderful top-notch opinions. Uh, Please, please, if you haven't, rate us five stars and subscribe on whatever podcast you're listening to. Uh, That really helps generate business for us and get things going and get our name out there. And as always, please,